The Greenwood and Mulliner Show is proudly sponsored by Casa San Lorenzo Gosforth, the best Italian cuisine in the Northeast. Reserve a table today on 0191213 or visit casasanlorenzo.co.uk. Newcastle Fans TV. Hello and welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulliner Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. We've got a former player on the podcast. Come on, Sam Mulliner. Tell everybody who we've managed to talk to for the last 45 minutes. The man who can claim that he has the assist to the greatest ever goal of all time, Modi Armies at Brighton, Christian Atsu. Yes, Christian Atsu on the podcast. And fantastic. Really, really nice bloke. I have to be honest, he was really, really good. He, was, he you can tell he's one of the, one of the nicest blokes in football. Mm. I would argue with uh, yeah. just the way he was with us. But uh, when when he arrived, Sam, it was a bit of a trend. It was it was it was kind of like if you were in the Premier League, you, you'd be in transformation. You know, you'd be transitioning from you know one period of time at Newcastle to another. But because of being in the Championship, there was an expectancy of promotion, and I think Christian knew that as soon as he arrived on Newcastle. Yeah, he got some big goals and big assists for us that season. I mean, look, I know this is the thing where we get a former player on that probably isn't universally popular. Um, we would we would have all criticised Christian Atzu at some point for a performance or two in the Premier League, in the Championship. I thought he was superb pretty much all season when he played. Um but yeah, um, there's a lot of respect I have for that squad where Newcastle were on its knees and they got us back up into the Premier League and kept us there. So as we now are 12 months into this new era, um, I still kind of do look back at um, at them sort of players with fondness despite them having some stinkers from time to time. But as Christian says... Um, he still has a tremendous love and affection for the Newcastle United fans. Who, uh, well, I'll, I'll let you, you'll have to listen to the podcast to, to, for what he says. But yeah, I, he still supplied some great moments for Newcastle. That Rotherham goal, Cardiff goal. I was watching um, the three-two West Ham away win the other day. Um, the the Sive game, but uh, actually got us what essentially was the winner in that game as well, didn't he? Yeah, he certainly, certainly did, and I've oh got that. That was a that was a goal and a game that Newcastle had to win. They needed mm-hmm. that win, especially at that, that time of the of the season. Um, little quiz question for you, Samuel. Christian has scored three Premier League goals for Newcastle United. West Ham was one of them. Can you name the other two? Liverpool. Yes. And Sam on the quiz champion. Will he get three out of three or two? Well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realise this question was coming, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I, hang on, I've just got to go to my mind palace. Um, Crystal Palace is. That, ooh, is he thinking Crystal Palace? This is this is what you no, enjoy. <laughs> it wasn't Palace. No, I'll get it. I'll get it. Keep 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 keep. We'll, we'll fit, yeah. I'll, get, so I'll we, get it eventually. I'm watching, you, if you, I'm watching you, so if you're on your phone... Oh, there we go. You can't be doing that. That's awful. What? I awful. don't know what you're on about. I was just checking my messages. Awful. Absolutely awful. Christian, that's a for Newcastle. Shocking. Go on. Where, 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 who was it against? 
Are you give up, do you? Yeah. It was Stoke at home in the Premier League. A 2-1 win in our first season back in the Premier League. Chris yeah. Newcastle ahead, if you that. remember rightly. Did yeah, you know? I wouldn't have got that. I wouldn't have got. I wouldn't have remembered that. No, but I, I, yeah, I remember the game and the goal now. Um, yeah, who scored big, the winner? Big... Shakiri, Shakiri, Elisa Stoke, and then it was Jamalatel. Jamalatel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perez got the winner away from home, didn't he? Yes, he did on New Year's Day. That was a wonderful day. Lee Lawler went down to Stoke with uh, some former Newcastle fans TV members. Which um, you might want to give right. that up. Uh, listen, uh, watching the vlog if you're watching on YouTube, um, if you like old videos of Newcastle fans TV. But in terms of the podcast, you know, Christian was very honest about what his departure at Newcastle. He was also telling us a little bit about some maybe more difficult times at Newcastle um, in terms of that uh, era. But I, I, what, you, you talked about that group in particular, Sam. I, I, the word I would use is honest. They're an honest group of players in that you know maybe they weren't the best technically you know they maybe had the odd sparkle of um in terms of maybe an Iosi Perez or John Joe Shelby in terms of that cat like group of players but the, the effort wise and Christian certainly is under this bracket effort wise they, they just give as much as they physically could if that made if that made sure Newcastle won the game brilliant but you would never you would never um fault their effort for this no no absolutely not um, the the players have more or less been moved on now. There's a, there's a couple still there, but yeah, that that I think honest is is a, a wonderful word to use for them, um, because they really did get us out of a big big hole, a big big hole. And and actually as well, Atsu's assist record stands up to to many across that period of time. Um, he has got a good assist record, and he had his moments. Great goal at Rotherham. Great goal at Cardiff. Lovely free kick. Um, so yeah, it's um, and he's he's a, he's a proper um, proper good guy, family man. Um, he's playing in Turkey at the moment, so yeah, he's he's really good. He's really it's really it was a really good uh, it was a pleasure to talk to him. It really really was, and we wish him all the very best of luck in Turkey. And again, he, he tells you where he wants to end his career at. So. That's a spoiler. Well, not a spoiler. That's going to be something you have to look forward to at, towards the end. Of- wasn't the answer? Wasn't the answer I was expecting? I'm, I'm not going to lie. All I'm saying is, it's not Sunderland. It's no. not Sunderland. So you, no, you, we're, made, we're, we're you made okay. sure of that, didn't you? You made sure of that, as you will come to hear. But if you're listening to us now on the podcast, um, I know YouTube members can also watch this, but this is just for you listening. Please do feel free to email us in at info at newcastlefanstv.com and uh, send us any message you like. Ask us some questions if you like, and we will read out the best ones in future podcast intros. Info at newcastlefanstv.com. There you go. Your question could be answered by Sam Mulner. Now that is a fantastic thought. Uh, yeah, didn't think this through. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing you get those questions into the email address that Sam has put on the description and what he's just said before. So yeah, it's about time we get this Green and Mulner show up and running. So this is the Green and Mulner show and it is with Christian Atsu. The Greenwood and Mulliner Show on Newcastle Fans TV. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Green and Morning Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Today, me and Sam are joined by a man who was part of the championship winning side in 2016-17 season under Rafa Benitez. And he was also part of the team that finished in the top half the season after. Fantastic season that was in 2017-18. And a man to tell us all about what happened in particular in his five-year stay, four-year stay, five-year stay, show. I say, Newcastle. I was going to say four years in the Premier League. And a fantastic season in the championship. That makes five years. So we're here with Christian Atsu <laughs> to tell us all about his time on Tyneside. Christian, welcome to the Greenwood and Morning Show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Thank you very much. Thank you. Sam, when you yes. think of that Rafa Benitez season in the championship, there was a lot of players brought in, and Christian was one of the last ones to arrive. And it, it, when you look at that team now, uh, Christian certainly did play a part. Sam, in your, in your opinion, what do you think mm -hmm. Christian added to that team at the time? In the championship, goals and yeah. assists. I mean, Christian, you obviously know that you have the assist for the greatest goal of all time, which, of course, is Mo Diame's goal against Brighton. Yeah. I mean, some people might say you may have spooned your shot a little bit, shanked it, but you knew what you were doing. It was a perfect pass to Diame. Yeah. Honestly, no... Um... I, I was shooting at goal and I miss it. But um, when everything is at the right place, you have a little luck, this is what happens. And then yeah, we that was an incredible goal. That was incredible. I think you're being kind to say it was a little too bit. Modest, too modest. <laughs> you knew what you were doing. <laughs> um, Christian, let's take it all the way back to the beginning. When you heard about Newcastle United's interest in you, was it an easy decision to join? Because obviously Rafa Benitez was, let's be honest, the, by far the best manager in the championship. Was it was it such an easy decision to join Newcastle at the time? Uh, very easy, very easy. Because um, Rafa Benitez was there. He was a coach of Real Madrid. We knew, we know that he won the Champions League with Liverpool. He's uh, such a, a big coach in, in the world football. And uh, Newcastle, on the other hand, is also a big club which uh, I knew from, from Ghana. So uh, for me, it was, um, I didn't mind. Even if they were in the third league, I could have joined Newcastle. I, I, I don't mind. Before then, obviously, you were at Chelsea. And I'm, I'm quite interested about how being a young player at Chelsea works because we've heard before of there's the first team and then there's this like lone squad. What's that like as a young player? Because you were you were sent out on loan a few times before you came to Newcastle from Chelsea. Do you did you ever really feel part of Chelsea Football Club? Um, I would say I did uh, pre-season with Conte. Um, uh, I, I, I thank Mourinho. He was the one who signed me and he gave me the opportunity. So uh, it's truly that I felt part of Chelsea. It all comes down to the player because they had. Uh, a lot of great players in the team. So you, if you want to be part of the team, you have to compete and you have to be better. You have to do, uh, when you go on loan, you have to be at least the best player of the of the team wherever you are before you can join the team. So mostly people criticize the loan uh, department of Chelsea, but uh, when they have a lot of great players, it's difficult to put the young players in. It certainly is. I, I was going to mention... You know the Premier League season a little bit a little bit later, but one little aspect because you obviously Sam touches about the loan market. Did you and like Kennedy have conversations about Chelsea in terms of 
the similarities between yourselves when it came to the, the how Chelsea wanted to to use you in terms of putting out on loan to a particular club or what the manager at the time wanted was it was there many similarities between it between yourself and Kennedy? Yes, um, normally when Chelsea are putting players on loan, they want uh, a club where the player can play and develop so that he can come back. They want to watch the player every time so that they can make a decision after the end of the of the season. So, yeah, it, it, for me, it was almost similar like uh, Kennedy's own. When you signed then, um, as we say, Rafa was the manager. What conversation did you have with Rafa Benitez um, before you signed for Newcastle? Because we remember when we were talking to Isaac Hayden, Isaac was stuck in a hotel with Rafa for like two hours as Rafa was trying to tell him um, how he wants him to play. And this was before he'd even signed the contract. Did you have a similar experience? No, mine wasn't like that. Um, it was w- only when I went to the training ground and then uh, he saw me like very small. He was testing me and then he pushed me to see if I'm strong enough, you know. He <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> was... Um, I, I knew he wanted a fast winger, so he knew what he wanted on the wings, and I was also aware. So um, when in training, we always do tactics and we enjoy the training. So as soon as you get to the field, you know what you are doing. When you see Rafa team, you can see that we are always compact. And this is something that we've been doing every time. So we know how we move. I have to be honest, Christian, I think when Newcastle fans seen that squad. Obviously, you arrived very late. Pretty much, I think it was nearly deadline day. If it wasn't, if it wasn't deadline day, when you, when Newcastle fans seen that entire squad, it was it was we have to get promoted. Did Rafa install that from the very beginning that we need to be in the top two at the very very minimum? We had no option. Uh, Rafa is always telling us um, we we cannot we cannot say we cannot win the league. We cannot say we cannot get promoted. Because we are Newcastle and people expect uh, this from us. Newcastle, it doesn't matter wherever you are, people expect the team to to always be on top. So mentally, he, he was always preparing us. And also when we lose games, he said, next game we have to win. He is always preparing us for, for, for the next game. And what I like about him is he has faith in the team that um, don't worry, we will go, we will win. We will move forward. We will get promoted, and this was the aim. And this was what he was always telling us in the dressing room. There was there was a huge turnover in players um, that summer with uh, people leaving, like Wijnaldum, Sissoko, and then guys like yourself, Matt Ritchie, Dwight Gale, Isaac Hayden, all coming in. How was how did things go in the dressing room? Who were the leaders in there? Um, Jamal. Uh, Jamal was there. We sometimes fight in training. People don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we, you see, when we are playing like the small games, like sometimes we we, we fight in training. It's not like uh, the way a lot of people see us. When we play, we lose game. It's easy. The next day, Jamal will be on us. And when you lose a tackle, he said, no, you have to go. So Jamal was there. Richie was there and heading where everyone was, you know, speaking to each other. And for me, that was one of the best team spirit I've seen in, in, in many years, in many teams that I've been. That's fantastic to hear. You talk about the great team spirit, but 
how early on in that championship season, Christian, did you think, yeah, I think we're going to be fine. I think we're going to get the job done because it, it, I, I don't think many people would have said it to the press or to anybody, but I think a lot of people who probably weren't in the Newcastle bubble expected Newcastle to get promoted. When did you believe or when did the, the team believe, yeah, we're, we're going to get this done? Uh, from the beginning, from the beginning, we knew um, when you know what you are capable of, uh, you already have your mindset on what you want to achieve. And this was what uh, Rafa Benitez put in our head that we are capable of doing this. So from the beginning, we had this mindset that we have to win the league or we have to qualify. But Rafa Benitez, for him, we have to be the first. I, I, I want to go back to, to the bit about the training ground that you were talking about there, Christian, with um, like fighting, but in, in, in a good way because it's showing competitive spirit. But the, the only one that sort of got leaked to the public was Jamal Asels and Modi Arme. What what do the rest of the lads do when it's all kicking off between two players? Are they trying to break it up or are they, or are they grabbing the popcorn? What happens? Yeah, some, sometimes it's not... It doesn't have to be the good way. People think sometimes it has to be the bad way. When you have yeah. two people fighting, sometimes in training, you see that, okay, wh why are they fi fighting? Maybe this guy lose the ball and... Uh, the other guy was angry and then it became a fight. So that means you don't have to lose the ball, you see. So it doesn't always have to be like in a good way. It has to be a fight and then we have to know that, okay, we are taking our job seriously. So these kind of things brings out the best uh, in, in each and everyone, especially to have the team spirit like that. When you fight, it's like you break up relationship, you break up, you come back again. You are trying to, you see. So um it has to be sometimes it has to be like that you, you talk you talk very kindly about rafa benitez and what he did for you uh, specifically uh while you were at newcastle united why was he so good tactically because that's what he gets a lot of plaudits for is his tactics and it's always he talked specifically about yourself in, in terms of what you can bring in terms of being a pacey winger but what did he do on the training pitch to set you up for each game and how meticulous was it yeah, sometimes I'm amazed by the way he 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 read the game. I I can remember one day we were playing against Man City, and we were losing two zero. And uh, Walker was running behind me. I saw him, but then I was late. And then it's like he read my mind that uh, Christian said we are losing already, so the ball has. And then he took me off. So he sees everything, and. The way he wants us to play, he always wants us to be compact. He he can he after the games he always show us statistics. They had twenty percent ball possession. They have a seventy percent, sixty percent. But how many shots on target did they have? And how many counter attacks did we have? The chances of scoring. So when you look at all this, I I see that yes, we had at least a better chance than some of the teams that we play. We play against me. Is he a hard man to impress? Because um, there, there was there was a lot of impressive wins in there. For example, I mean, you mentioned Man City. When we actually beat Man City at home, that was a, a huge result. Was he? Was he? Did he show you like affection and and show how pleased he was after a a huge win like that? Yeah, when we win games, he's um, he's very happy. Um, everyone is happy, but then 
his focus is on the on the next game. So, like I said, it's, it's not easy to to impress uh, Rafa, but he appreciate he appreciate the players. For me, and uh, I, I know he does this with uh, most of the players. When I had a good game, he said congratulations. He sent me test message congratulations on the game on your goal. You have to keep working. So, you see, he will congratulate you and then put you on the next game, prepare you for the next game. He said, you have to keep working. So always the mindset is the next game. It was, yeah, that, that's obviously got to be the standards at a club like Newcastle, especially when they're in the championship. But I can remember the game against Rotherham away from home. Always, it can be a, those sort of games can be tricky because Rotherham, you know, for them, it's a cup final against Newcastle United again at that their stadium. What a fantastic finish that was, Christian. Lovely little finish. I remember watching it going, oh, that's, that's, that's a player. That's, that, that, and he just, it was so calm. It was so cool. And it was just 1 0. It was enough to win the game. But that was the standout moment. Can you remember that game fondly? Yeah, um, that was um, uh, my first start for uh, for Newcastle. And uh, I was prepared. I knew that my uh, Rafa would give me a chance. And uh, when the manager brings in the player, definitely the player has to play and the player has to show his worth and his appreciation to the manager and also to the team. So I was prepared and I have to do something. For me, when I was going to the game, uh, I remember Dwight told me, you will score today. And <laughs> no way. Yeah, when I went in, uh, I scored and it was a beautiful goal. Which one do you prefer, that one or the free kick against Cardiff? Because I remember watching that in the pub and there was like, there's no way he's getting that up and down. It's too <laughs> close. It's too close. Yeah, I prefer the free kick. When it's too close, um, I know how to kick free kicks when it's too close. But when it's far, I'm not that good in, in, in far. When it's too close, the ball has to just get over the the players and then you have 99% of um, obviously, Brighton were very, a, a little bit premature, shall we say, in the uh, title-winning celebrations. I think they had scarves, basically, to say that they were the champions of the championship. And I, I read an article before, Christian, in, in, where Rafa believed to the very last second. Can you can you tell us a little bit about the final day of that season where Newcastle beat Barnsley at home by three goals to nil and Brighton Let's just say they bottled it, didn't they? They bottled it against Aston Villa on the final day. Um, some player called Jack Grealish. I don't know what happened to him, to be honest, but uh, he scored for Aston Villa that day. Um, can you remember the, the day well and what were the celebrations like after after it was announced that Newcastle were the, the champions of the championship? Um, we, for us, uh, we knew we said Brighton they were very strong, also they can win the game, but. It all depends on us. We have to win. We are playing home. It's not we, we we already qualified, but we have to win for the fans. They they bought the ticket. They came to the stadium. We have to we have to win for them. And this was the uh, mentality. And we, Rafa, in every detail, he said we we will have a chance also to be to be champions. He he always said, "How many people has won league titles in their lives? This is the time for you to win something." So we we just went out and then tried to win our last game and see what happens. Obviously, after that season, your kind of loan deal expires, but 
was there conversations in place with Rafa or were you expecting to to join Newcastle on on a permanent deal? Had you settled in the area? Was Newcastle your home? Yeah, I was. I was. Um, I want. I wanted to go back badly. Honestly, I, I really wanted to go back to Newcastle. I was very happy uh, with my family. My family were also very happy. They are still living in Newcastle, you know. Oh, really? really? Yeah. They they love they they love the city. They don't want to move. They are there. So, but you know, the, the Newcastle is a club. When when you play, it's, it's difficult to to get away from from the club. This is what I see, and uh, my family is there. I'm I'm also happy supporting them every day. How did you How did you find living in the area? Because Newcastle is a one club city. It's not like Chelsea where you can kind of just be invisible if you like. Because obviously London is absolutely huge. Did you get used to that quite quickly? Maybe supporters coming up to you asking for an autograph, asking for a, a picture. Did you Did you Did you um, enjoy that? Was it something that you could get used to? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes it's not um, it's, it's how people treat you. We we all want to be in a place where we are treated well, we are treated good. And for Newcastle, you just need to to play well. If you play good, you are the king of the city, man. So, <laughs> so pe- people don't understand this, uh, but sometimes the fans get angry. But it's just for a while, you know. It's not like uh, they will get angry for you for a long time. No, the next game you have to try to change their mind again. It's always like this, but they are fantastic. They are great fans, and um, the way they treated me and my family, um, I was very happy. And my family couldn't leave them. So, I take it you still come back to Newcastle quite often. Then, if if your family are there, yeah, yeah. Anytime I have holidays, uh, I'm there. In the summer, I was in Newcastle. I met uh, Dwight Gale and we went to dinner. We were speaking, so yeah, that's fantastic. So it's good to see Dwight Gale, obviously getting getting a chance at Stoke as well. Um, I have to ask about obviously the Premier League season. Obviously, the expectations were just to stay in the division, and you're obviously part of that side, Christian. Where Newcastle finished tenth that season after was that beyond? the squad's wildest dreams to finish in the top 10? Or did you think that actually, if we can get on a little bit of a run and pick up wins, particularly at home, and maybe the odd win away from home, we could actually maybe get into the top 10 because it was, I think from the, the form from Christmas onwards, it was pretty good considering, you know, yeah. some of the teams that Newcastle beat that year. Yeah, it's true. We 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 could have uh, gone more up in the in the league table, but for us in the, in the first the first season in the Premiership um, was was very good. We were very happy, but Rafa wanted more. Definitely, Rafa is always <laughs> he he always want to improve. He he always want a challenge. So um, after the season, he would just congratulate us. Well done. Now next season, we we, we have to aim for um, a higher position. He's always like this, but uh, we were very happy. What happens then when Rafa's not being backed by the owner and not allowed to to spend some money on players like he wants to do? Does do do the players talk about that? And there was a big thing: will he, won't he stay with Rafa? Were the players trying to convince him to stay? Yeah, we 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 all love Rafa. We want we wanted him to stay. For me, uh, it was a shock when he sent me a message that you. 
he was leaving and uh, it, it was uh, I, I couldn't believe it till now I have uh, we are still speaking I speak with him uh, but um, yeah the players always like Jamal always want the best for the team um, he always want players to come in uh, players who can help the team you know and he didn't even want Ayose I to, to leave you know he want the group to be strong and then we build on that but um it wasn't easy there are some things that we 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 cannot do anything about it is their decision and we have to accept and we have to move forward as players we have the contract to play in in any situation so we have to continue did, did the players ever try to speak to not maybe the owner but people around the owner just to kind of give them their opinions and their feelings on things because I think, let's be honest, Christian, at your time in Newcastle, there was some toxicity towards the ownership at the time. How difficult is it to play in those particular situations? Uh, when it comes to uh, uh, things, uh, issues at the top, uh, we, we the players didn't want to associate ourselves. Uh, what we, we want to do is to, to deliver to play on the field. So uh, in this kind of cases, we don't uh, associate ourselves in, in, in anything like that. Yeah, don't blame you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with Rafa leaving, Steve Bruce came in. Um, what was your first impressions of Steve Bruce? Uh, when he when he came, I was uh, I was injured, and they were in preseason. I was in the African Cup, and I was injured, so they were doing preseason. And um, after I came. We had some uh, runs that bad runs in the in the league, but um, he was he was a good coach. Uh, the players he he liked players who are really fit, uh, who can run a mile for 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 him. This is his style of of, of play, you know. Players who works hard for the team, and uh, for me, he did uh, a good job. It wasn't easy for for him also uh, with all the pressure coming from. Uh, uh, from the fans and uh, from the top, it wasn't easy. But um, as far as he kept the team in the Premiership to this level, uh, I, I would say he did a good job. I remember the game, Christian, where you made the assist for Joe Linton uh, against Tottenham at the, the new Tottenham stage, and it was it was a really really hot day, and there was a lot of pressure, as you mentioned, um, on the manager on the team as well to get a, get a, get a win. Not necessarily against Tottenham, but just to get a win in general, just to kind of calm the city down a little bit. But what a day that was! And it was a fantastic team performance. And you know, the, the pass to Joe Linton. Obviously, Joe Linton was, a, was used as a number nine, really, for for that part of his Newcastle career. It's obviously, it's changed a little bit now. But he put that away. What was what was that like? Just to kind of get that first win that season. And what what, what are your thoughts on Joe Linton? Because he's transformed his Newcastle career, if you like. He obviously was playing as a number nine. He was obviously going to. He was playing on the left at some occasions, and now he's pretty much a central midfielder. When Newcastle bought him, and you saw you saw him in training sessions, did you think maybe he should be a bit further back and rather not the number nine? For me, um, I saw that he he wasn't a, a typical number nine who who scored goals. Uh, you can see from his shooting, uh, uh, you can see that he's not. Uh, a, Number nine who ran behind the strikers, but he hold the ball and he pass, and then um, 
he tried he tried to create but he i think he he was a a winger and at, sometimes the moment the time they uh, the teams buy you there was so much pressure in newcastle and they bought him and the amount of money that they bought him they expect him to change the team and everything was on him the pressure was on him but he's an example to all of us in this life like you never know so you just keep working you just and he's a guy who doesn't speak a lot he keeps quiet he kept all the pressure inside him you can you can see in his face but um the the how changing football now is mostly about about coaches they can they can change you and the style of play you have to choose a coach and then he can change your life and Eddie Howe is doing perfectly. He absolutely is. Um, another player I want to touch upon because the same summer that Joe Linton came, uh, Alan St. Maximin came. How did he sort of introduce himself to the squad? Did he rock up to training first day, Gucci headband, hi, I'm <laughs> Alan. How did that go? Yeah, you know, Alan, um, for me, I was surprised when... Uh, I heard in the news Newcastle wanted to to sell him, so I wanted to. I was like, okay, let me buy a percentage in his contract because one day he's going. To <laughs> you can't sell this kind of players, man. It's impossible. You, see, you can't sell Alan this time. Um, when he when he came, you can see the talent. He has he has incredible talent. There was one time that he was dribbling everybody in training. And then I was like, how, how, can you, how can you do it easy like that? Okay, come against me. The power that he was coming with the ball, with one body faint, you run out, you will just run away. So he, he's, he's a special player, to be honest. He's a special player. And Newcastle shouldn't think of selling him because these kind of players, one day they are going to be, to be great. In, in the future man, with the right direction uh, yeah he's he's absolutely brilliant I, I love watching him he gets me on the edge of, edge of my seat uh, Christian but was he the best player you played with at Newcastle on St Maxim or was there somebody else that caught your eye um, uh, I'll say um, Ayose really he, yeah I, I'm telling you Ayose all round player is is really good. Is is we say he lose a lot of balls, but we don't really give him options to to you know to help him. But the way he scores, he's a great finisher. And I, I for me, I think all round player is also good. He's also, also good. Oh yeah, he was one of them. I never thought he'd leave, so I was surprised even when he he, he did. It, it shocked me. But at times, um, particularly under Steve Bruce, and I suppose um, with Rafa as well in, in the second season in the Premier League, switching to five at the back and playing quite defensive football, and it could sometimes isolate the attacking third. Was that a frustration to you when you're playing, or were you just confident in the game plan and more pressure to take your chances, I suppose? It's just to... Um... You, you we just have to trust their process we have been with rafa we have played the same style a, a lot of times sometimes when you play against top clubs you know they we have to be honest with ourselves they have the quality more than us uh we can be brave and go forward but we have uh, a system that we always play and we cannot change that is being compact 
and then we hit a lot of clubs in, in, in counter-attack and we've been successful with that uh, for years. So um, I, I don't see, he, he, he wanted to build on the team, he wanted to bring in players. Then we, we, if we have at least, we, we can create more chances up front. If you bring in, I, I believe, more quality players, I would say that, of course, they are better players than me. If you bring better players, of course, they will have more chances of scoring. I accept that um, his style of play, he doesn't want to change. And you, you just need to trust the process. And this is what all the players, we stick with the manager, we stick with his formation, and then uh, we, we work hard to stay in the league. You certainly did that. It was obviously a difficult times, maybe as, as Sam mentioned before, but we obviously did the job, or obviously the team did the job rather than me and Sam, I should have said that. <laughs> but, um, I have to ask uh, Christian, obviously, the way it ended at Newcastle, um, I, I have to be honest, I thought it was incredibly harsh. I thought you could have had, a, you could have had a, a, a much better way of ending. It was kind of, from the outside, I'm sure you can obviously correct us if, if we're wrong, but it was just kind of like you were just cast aside a little bit and it, it, it seemed to be really, really unfair. Did you have conversations and did you did you want a move away? Did you want a low move away or did you did you want to try and fight for your place how, how, how did you find the, the end of your time at Newcastle yeah, for, for me it's uh, uh it's football I, I will not blame anyone I will not of course um if I was playing consistently that would not happen so it, it, it depends on me you understand um it's just that my last year the uh, I, I was speaking with Steve Bruce and uh in this time we had Corona and uh, he wanted me to to leave. But I was told, if you want me to leave, you have to tell me in um, in a, a way that where I can prepare myself, like maybe one month, two months or three weeks. I was told the same day when the transfer window will close to leave the club. So oh, for me, yes, it, it was like almost uh, five hours to, to close the transfer window. And uh, it was, it was. <laughs> I, I said no. That's why I stayed. I said I will not. But it, I, I don't blame him. This is how football is. I, I understand. So I took it, and then I went to the second team. I trained with. I enjoyed the second team very much. I, I played some games. The last were nice. They treated me very good. So uh, it's just all about 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 football, and I understand that. It's kind of very gracious of you, but. Surely, like you say, your family was settled in Newcastle, and for them not to tell you until like what deadline day that you were kind of available to leave. That, that, that I know you say it's just football, but that that still there's a human side of things where you can't just expect people to to up sticks and move their family to another part of the country or Europe or whatever. Yeah, I understand. This was the time uh, I think it was it Celtic, right? It's, uh, yeah, yeah, Celtic. Yeah. He told me he, he, he know the coach, so uh, I will play. And I said, it's not about that, it's about the timing. I need to speak with my family. I, I have kids, I have three kids, you understand? I cannot just wake up and then in five hours, I, I tell my family, okay, I'm going to. In, so th- there, there are a lot of things, but I understand this is football. This is how it is, and this is how life is. And I take it, I don't blame anyone. And I, I just move on and then continue to enjoy enjoy the life. But 
I would say Newcastle fans, everyone at the club, the doctors, the physios, I'm happy with everyone. They said anytime you can visit the club, they are nice people. I'm okay with I'm okay with the treatment that I have with the fans and everyone. Fantastic stuff. I have to ask about the supporters. Was there a particular moment at St. James's Park, Christian, that you can remember with great fondness? Is there anything that is it was there a standout game or a standout moment and you just you really, really enjoyed the atmosphere that day? When we won the league, the last game in the championship, it was incredible. Like the, the fans, when we were walking around the stadium, this kind of moments you, you, you can't forget. And the applause they were giving us and throughout the season, their support, even though you can see how they love the club, they can speak, uh, sometimes they can speak, uh, they can be harsh on the players, but then the next game, you see the, the stadium is full. How can this be possible? So you have to know, we play with the players, we understand their frustration. You know, it's not easy to fill a, a, a 53,000, 52,000 stadium in, in the championship every time or in the premiership. When you, sometimes you lose games and you lose badly, they speak, sometimes they speak harsh. And then the next game, they are still at the stadium. So. We know the love they have for us. They, they love us more than they hate us. This is true. And this is what we, we, we appreciate from the fans. What do you make of the transformation now of Newcastle United since since the takeover last year? Because the turnaround and where we're looking to, to go to now is just phenomenal. Yeah, but when the takeover, the first time when it first through, I couldn't believe... Uh, it could happen again, honestly. But uh, when he came back again, I I had hope that now this time is is going to go through. That means they have sought out something that they were supposed to do the first time. But I knew Newcastle would be like this one day, and the fans deserve this. They have been working hard. They want the team to do well, and we all know this is not the the what they they expect more. Definitely, and in the future, it's going to be more. Eddie Howe is a good coach with the players that he's buying. In the future, the, the, the fans will be happy, and I believe they will, they will win a trophy one day. One day. We're waiting for that day. We're waiting for that day. When it, uh, Hopefully, it's sooner rather than later, because some fans have been waiting 50-odd years. Um, however, Christine, I, I want to speak about Eddie Howe, because you were at Bournemouth for a little spell. Is Eddie Howe similar to Rafa Benitez, or is he completely different? Okay, he's. Um, when I was there, he was uh, he's a, a coach that controls everything. You know, in, in, he wants to have control of everything in the club. He doesn't want anyone to make decisions for him. Give him what he wants, and and he will make your 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 team better. This is what he wants, and. His training sessions, uh, I would say, is, is very hard. Eddie Howe's training sessions are when I was born up, that was the hardest training session I've ever passed through. I, I, he did, I didn't get a chance to, to play, but it doesn't mean he's not a good coach. I knew Eddie Howe was a good coach, despite that he didn't give him the chance, but he's a good coach, and this is what uh, I know. He wants to play football. He wants to uh, press the teams. Always he wants to press that he doesn't care. He, he wants to press you. 
And uh, you can see how Newcastle are playing now with high intensity uh, in every game. And uh, yes, it's true. His style of play is a bit different uh, than uh, Rafa own, but every coach, every manager also. It's normal. Do you think he is the type of coach that can go on to, to win trophies and take Newcastle into into Europe? It's, it's possible. Uh, the way he wants to play, uh, he attacked teams. He, if you, I believe if you give him uh, more quality players, again, you bring in more players. And uh, it depends on what uh, the owners want uh, from from him, if they want to bring in more players, at this the kind of players that they have now, they are building, and this is what they want. They want to build from young players, and then in few years to come, they can win a title. And I believe yes, for sure. And how is a manager that can win a title for? Uh, I believe even this season, like the cup title, he will take it seriously. You will see, he will go for it, honestly. I hope he does. I hope he does. I've just bought my ticket for that game, so <laughs> I hope he does as well. But um, in, in regards to the, in regards to the first team right now, obviously the, the transformation in terms of the actual best or what Newcastle fans would perceive as the best eleven. There's been there's some absolutely quality quality players, but I want I want to talk about uh, Bruno Gimmeres because I, I, from what you've seen, Christian, is he just a level above what Newcastle fans have seen in? in maybe the last 15, 20 years, because he just seems to control the game so easily. Yeah, he's, uh, he's technically good also, and he's fit. He wants to win, and he's aggressive also. When you have this kind of players in your team, he's, he can control the game. He's, he's, he's not under pressure. When they are pressing him, he keep calm, and then he take two, three touches, and then he pass. He's not in a rush to lose the ball, so you can see this is uh, one thing that Newcastle player that uh, he's the kind of player that Newcastle need uh, right now, and they have him and the team that they have around him. Drellington always running on the field. It's um, now for me when Newcastle is going to play against any team, I have no doubt that their worst is draw. When they have Alan and all their players fit, I, I, I don't doubt that their wars will be dropped. I don't care if it's Man City, Manchester United. I know how they are going to play. They will, they will press them highly. Yeah, it, it's 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 so much nicer to watch, I suppose. But for you yourself, Christian, in, in Turkey at the moment, are you happy going wherever you can just in order to play football? Do you want to come back and play in England again one day? Or what, what are your plans for the, the, the rest of your playing career? Yeah, um, now I'm in Turkey. I want to enjoy this moment. I want. To, I just want to keep playing uh, football. But uh, one day I, I would like to go back to Portugal and then play there. I would like to go back to uh, Portugal and then maybe if I want to one day retire, I, I prefer Portugal. Warmer, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> As long as you don't end up at Sunderland, Christian, Newcastle fans will be very, very happy. Just don't end up anywhere near that dark side, of, not close to Newcastle, but we don't like to talk about it too much. Don't make sure you don't go there. But um, I, have to, I have to ask about uh, the school that you uh, have in Ghana. Yeah. How is that going? 
and ta- and and what are f- the future plans? Are you trying? To, would you like to open more schools or other facilities like that in in Ghana? No, uh, we are we are almost done. We are on the last stage now. Now we have the roof and everything in there. Maybe in two months time, the school will be ready. I'll post it online. Uh, I haven't posted it yet, but uh, uh, I, I will do that very soon. We are we are at the completion, now, and I'm very happy. Um, the kids will have school uh, in the future. If I have the strength, of course, why not? I I will do my best to to continue uh, helping the kids. You know how difficult it was for for me personally. I know, and um, I know the best thing that has happened in my life was to 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 play football and also to move to Europe, have the opportunity to study also. So why not give this to to the other kids who don't have? Was it always in your mind that that was something that you really wanted to do to help give back to to the people of, of Ghana? Or is it a, a kind of recent thing that someone presented at you with? No, even when I was, even when I was, uh, I was young, I was uh, with my friends. I, I give them uh, the little that I have, uh, the, the friends that I was with. So I would say I was like this since I was, uh, I was young and I'm, I'm very happy about that. I just need to keep going and to be myself again. And just finally, Christian, have you got a message for the Newcastle United supporters uh, about you know how they made you feel, how how much you enjoyed playing for these wonderful supporters? Yeah, for me, uh, I owe them a lot, and I'll say um, they supported me in my worst time. They cheered me up. Uh, my my good times also yeah uh, we understand the game but for us they meant everything in that uh, in that in the time that i was playing they meant everything for us i'm happy that in the dressing room we realized that we keep fighting for them and to be part of newcastle history you know what it means to me the best the best ever and i'm very happy and i appreciate them they have to keep supporting their their players and they have to keep supporting Alan because I believe Alan will, will be great for, for them. Love it. Love it. And of course, you got the best, uh, the assist for the greatest goal of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on today. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, Sam, where can everybody listen to this podcast? Yeah, um, the links are all in the description. And yeah, it's uh, been great to talk to you, Christian. We wish you all the best. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been fantastic. And best of luck with the, the projects in Ghana as well. Really, really brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm here. And- For myself, Jonathan Greer, my co yeah, fantastic stuff. Uh, from uh, from myself, Jonathan Green, my co-host Samuel, and a big thanks to our guest today, Christy Natsu. We'll see you all very soon. Thank you. Newcastle Fans TV. The Greenwood and Mulliner Show is proudly sponsored by Casa San Lorenzo Gosforth, the best Italian cuisine in the northeast. Reserve a table today on 0191213 0399 or visit casasanlorenzo.co.uk.